Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Amani Antonellis. Amani is a clinical massage therapist and a creative writer. He recently published a memoir which tells about his journey. When his drug-dealing, party-crazed fraternity founder lifestyle landed him in jail, he awakened to the realization that he was made for greater and more wholesome things. Small daily practices have led him to finish a degree, run an ultramarathon, fast for 10 days, launch a men's group for human optimization, and travel the world. Wow, Amani, what an intro. How are you going today? Hey, Lloyd. I feel excellent today. Took a cold shower this morning. Got some movement and meditation. Ready for some life. Spoken like a true human optimization expert, you know, got to run in, had my cold shower, ready to go. That's right. I love that. Just listening to your story, you know, the way I usually start out every single podcast is like, tell me about the context of your life that I would need to know to why, 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 know why you help people in the way you do today, but you've kind of alluded to it in your intro. So can you catch me up today on everything that's kind of gone on in your life in a little bit more detail to understand, you know, how you're helping people in the way you are today? Yeah, it started out as a beach lifeguard. I was beach lifeguarding for almost five years back home in California. And that's where I started helping people. And I took an EMT class, which was just the next progression for advancing your lifeguarding. And the teacher was really great. And I was learning about the human body. And I said, yep, let's do more of that. So I kept studying the human body. And I kept moving forward. Um, I went to a school that focused on naturopathic medicine. So I got a lot of holistic healing kind of exposure. And that's where I went to massage school as well. And I'm still doing practicing massage today. And, and then like my own healing was kind of on a parallel, but in a very different stage where like in the intro, I was just partying like crazy when I was younger. Um, I got in trouble with drugs a couple times. I got arrested a few times. And then it got to a point where I said enough is enough and I need to make changes for myself. And that's where I started making the small daily changes that were really fruitful for me. And uh, some of those changes kind of brought me into the holistic healing realm, which I ended up becoming really passionate about. And I had a variety of injuries and illnesses of my own uh, that also weren't being treated like very well just by conventional means. So I was branching out and looking for other options. And so all of those things kind of came together and then I continued finding healing for myself and others today. Wow. So you were studying like naturopathic medicine and all of this holistic healing stuff at the same time as partying and doing drugs and stuff like that. Did I hear that right? Not quite. I was in community college for a number of years and right. I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to study. So that dragged on for a while. 
that's when I was partying. And this was all down in San Diego. And then I got arrested. I got charged with the drugs in San Diego. And then I decided I wanted to move out and just get like some fresh scenery, kind of have a fresh start. And so I moved up to Seattle and that's where the naturopathic school was. And I was finishing my undergrad degree there. So I wasn't quite, it was like a program in human biology. And I was thinking about going into naturopathic medicine next, but they had a massage program that everybody talked really highly about. And I did the program. It was really, really good. Um, start did massage for a while. And uh, one of the things on my bucket list was to just do a lot of traveling. And I felt like massage would be really great to travel with. So that's what I'm doing now, traveling, doing massage. Absolutely. Yeah. Mas mas we need massages everywhere. And you're in Australia now, right? I am. I'm in Australia. I've been here for four months. And I've got another eight on my visa. So I'm hoping to go to South America next for a while. I'm trying to travel around Asia quite a bit. While I'm yeah. out here. Well, you'll get there when you're in Australia. It's funny how I'm in the US with an Aussie accent and you're in Australia with a US accent. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I know. I, <laughs> when you started this morning and I heard the Aussie accent and it, it put a smile on my face. I'm like, this just sounds so familiar to me right now. <laughs> yeah, you're not even getting any home vibes here. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. So with your story, I find it super interesting that you, you, it feels like you really had a 180. So I guess I kind of have two questions for you. Why do you think you got into like partying and drugs and that sort of lifestyle in the first place? And two, can you dive into like how it seemed like a 180 to me for you to just kind of move and, and get into your groove in Seattle? Yeah, I think when I did move to Seattle, it did feel like quite a 180. Yeah. But the whole process did not feel like a 180. And it, it felt mm -hmm. like something where I kept butting my head against the wall and I kept trying to do something different and it wasn't working out for a while. So when I got charged with drugs, I, I got a felony for possession with intent to sell of ecstasy while I was walking into a music festival and undercover caught me. He, he found the stash that I had on me. And so I, I went to jail for about three days. Nice. And while I was there, I, I didn't know how long I was going to be there. And mm -hmm. I would talk to some of the other inmates and they would say, yeah, you might get out tomorrow. And then I would talk to another one and they said, yeah, you probably have six months. <laughs> I didn't know like what it was looking oh, at. Oh my goodness. That uncertainty so, would have killed you. <laughs> yeah. So I started mentally preparing myself to spend six months in jail. And that's when a lot of the realizations hit me. And I knew this wasn't going to define everything and who I am. And I knew that when I got out, I really wanted to start making some changes. And I wanted to play to my strengths and do something, you know, productive and healthy with myself and start chasing my dreams and getting out of the partying. I, I got into the partying. Um, I don't know. I've always been, I think, attracted to things that are like exciting and I could be a risk taker for sure. Um, and 
I think it was also a way to get attention or get noticed. Um, combination of all of those things. And then, so I, I went to college, you know, with that approach. And then I ended up running into people that were also selling drugs or they were partying a lot. And so all of those influences just pushed me in to the same direction. And then they kept getting wilder and wilder. <laughs> yes, no. And that's so relatable as well. Like, just being more attracted to the kind of like fun loving side of life. And then that element of just like wanting attention and exploring yourself. And there's good reason why I've never had ecstasy or tried drugs. I know I'd probably get addicted and have way too much fun. <laughs> so I feel that. Yeah, it, it I, was a fun time. Yeah, but it just eventually it catches up to you, especially yeah. when you do it irresponsibly and yeah, things just start falling off and falling away. Definitely. Don't want to end up in jail for three days. And I find yourself reflection quite inspiring, actually. And you mentioned, you mentioned like diving into your strengths. So I'm curious about how, like, A, what are your strengths? And B, how did you, if, if somebody was in a similar situation, you know, they're not really sure they feel stuck in life. They know that the habits that they're engaging in aren't particularly conducive to the ideal life that they want to have. Like what sort of questions were you asking yourself to really understand who you are and what your strengths were and what direction you wanted to go in? Yeah, that's, that's the big golden question, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you um, figure it out? <laughs> yeah. How do you do all of it? Yeah. One of my strengths, I've always been a big reader. And yeah. my mom was always a big reader too. So uh, there is this like fitness influencer that I was watching on YouTube and he would always throw out book recommendations. So I, I signed up for an Audible account and on my drives to work, I started reading again. I hadn't really been reading for a while. And there were all these books on meditation, self-improvement, habit forming, strategies and tactics. And I just kept picking out nuggets from these books. And then I started trying them for myself. And they worked really, really good. But I think the reading was a really big one for me because it's something that I'm comfortable with. And so the, the reading was also good because uh, school just ended up becoming pretty natural and easy to me. Where with a lot of other people, it's not the same way. Um, so when I came out of jail and I was going into summertime, I was like, I'm really going to push for a 4.0 this semester. And I'm going to actually apply myself and do well in my classes. And I got a 4.0 that semester. And then things just that momentum kept carrying and I kept reading and learning new things. And like I said, it, it it was ups and downs. Like it, it certainly wasn't a 180. I was still living in San Diego and I still had that environment around me. So, you know, I would still have a weekend of like way too much substances and indulgence. And then it would like have me feeling like shit for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I was still just felt like I was restricted in some manner, but, uh, what brought me up to Seattle is I was actually reading another book. It was called The Science of Natural Healing. 
And that was one of the first ones that opened me up to a lot of the holistic realm. I did a little more digging and I realized that the author of that book had a clinic that was like a five minute drive from my house. I was like, no way. So I, I in reached Seattle out to or San Diego. This was down in San Diego. Wow. I, I had like never heard of naturopathic medicine before. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I reached out to their clinic and this was also an inspired. There was another author I read that was always like, reach out to people, cold call them, you know, to get, like get involved with things that start to move you. So that's another thing that people can try themselves. So I, I reached out to this clinic and I was like, hey, I read this book. I want to get involved. Like, I don't even know anything about this. Like, what could I do? And they were like, hey, we have some kind of student networking function, you know, on this date, come out, you can meet some of the, you know, people that are involved here. So I went out to the clinic. Um, I, I have this weird history of passing out. It's happened to me like so many times. So I, I had been drinking the night before that I went to the networking event. Yikes. And I, I went with one of my friends. So I was already like dehydrated. And I was like a little nervous going in there, which also could trigger it. So I was hanging out for a while. I ended up passing out at the networking event. And I wake up, like they carried me into a room on the side. And the author of the book was the director of the clinic. Mm -hmm. And she she's like kind of a celebrity in the space. Like she started this huge association in the US. And she was sitting down in the chair next to me like, diagnosing like getting me some water when I woke up I felt like such a fanboy like oh. the first thing I talked I said was like wanted to talk about her book <laughs> oh my goodness what a, thing, so I, what a good way to get get to speak to the author though you just have some sort of passing out yeah. condition and yikes. yeah yeah that's your ticket into talking with the the boss in charge <laughs> yeah no pressure <laughs> yeah so I, I end up like recovering and, uh, you know, I sit through the rest of the event. I get to meet some people, but that was the first time I had heard of naturopathic medicine. So wow. I went home and I started looking up more. Um, they, the school in Seattle actually has like a satellite campus in San Diego. So that's where those students were in San Diego. And so I, I applied to that same school and then I, I got in and moving up to Seattle was where I felt like I wasn't hitting my head against the wall so much. Mm. And I was now surrounded by all of these grad students that were studying naturopathic medicine. And they had like similar stories and journeys. And I was able to hop in and get involved with like meditation club, masterminds groups, um, you know, really like great things that just allowed everything else to open up and all my goals to start being accomplished. Yeah, and there's so many tangible things we can take from your your story there in itself. Like one with regards to understanding your learning style and your strength is reading. So you were able to not just read, but execute on certain pieces. I think like there's a lot of self-development chunkies out there. You can read as much as you can, but if you don't execute, you're not going to learn. And you were able to kind of glean from multiple books. Another thing is like you set yourself a small challenge, like, all right, it's pretty easy to pass. I'm going to try. And for people who aren't in America, who don't go to university in America, basically a GPA of 4.0 is like the highest grade you can get. So like setting yourself like, hey, I'm going to get the highest grade. Let's do that. And then lastly, understanding 
um, actually, no, there's two more points I want to pull out of that. One is um, being bold enough to do something new is scary as fuck, but you went and did it. Like you went and did it. You went to that event. Yeah, you passed out, but you got to meet the author. And then the last kind of thing is like, your environment can take up a lot of energy and space. So for me personally, if I'm in a really toxic job or a toxic relationship or not in the place that I need to be, when you exit that environment, it opens up so much available energy for you to be able to get your goals. And it sounds like by you moving to Seattle, you had that kind of like back and forth when you're in in like San Diego and that's fine. That's a part of like the goal getting process of like those ebbs and flows, but it sounds like you're really able to come into your own when you, you were able to have a little bit more control of your environment. That's what I'm getting from your story. Yeah. It, it allowed everything to move on to the next layer. Um, when I moved up to Seattle, which is what I was looking for. Um, yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention taking action on the things I was doing or trying out new experiences. I feel like that's also a strength for me or, or like blessing and a curse, but Lucky you. <laughs> it, I, <don't>, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's easy to go out and, yeah. and try something, you know, new or really unfamiliar, but I do feel drawn to do that. And I, I am willing to take action on things quickly. Um, so I, I've done a variety of times where I'll take breaks from alcohol now, right? And um, let's say I'll do like a month of sobriety. And I've done a month of sobriety. Usually I'll have someone do it with me and then we could stay accountable and it helps make it easier. That's but awesome. yeah, like sometimes um, I've noticed when I don't have someone hold me accountable, that challenge becomes harder. And I probably yes. won't stick to it as well. Or if I have someone that is with me and for them, like they don't really even drink alcohol that much. And then now I'm doing it with them. Like now it's even easier for me to do that month of sobriety. So yeah. if you're someone that you feel like going out and doing something, trying something new that's uncomfortable, you can get someone to do it with you that is comfortable doing that. And then you can you know, play on each other's strengths and you can have each other to bring you up where you're not feeling it. That's such an important point. Cal accountability is so important and having that accountability makes it so much easier. I'm very similar in that regard. Um, how is, how is sobriety going in Australia? It's <laughs> Australians are big drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, I, I went for one month of sobriety, maybe like the second month I was here. Well and I didn't stick to it as well as I had hoped. And yeah. then I did another one. Maybe I've only been here four months, so I've done like two of them already. That's 50%. Um, and I mean, not, neither of them were completely clean. But the second time um, I had someone to stay accountable with and it did go much better. That's awesome. And it, and it, it feels great. Yes, I do love uh, having months or, you know, a few months off alcohol. I've done three months once before as well. I'm curious, what are the effects that you notice when you don't drink alcohol? Like physically, mentally, spiritually, like, do you notice anything different? Yeah, I think it affects me a little bit in every way. Like mm -hmm. when I am drinking, I'll start to get tired in the afternoon because you know, like you don't sleep as well 
when you're drinking. And so you're going to be less rested during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to hit a, sl- I'll start to hit a slump at a certain part of the day. I like to write quite a bit and I notice my creativity goes up when I'm not drinking as much and ideas will start flowing a little more naturally for me. Um, I'll be waking up earlier, which I like doing a lot is that you'd be a little more productive with the day. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF Podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of great things there. I tell you what's weird. I'm also a writer. I've written quite a few blogs and I've got my own journal and I don't write and drink often because I feel like it would be a slippery slope. But after one to two glasses of wine, I am so productive at writing. And I'm like, I know this isn't healthy. This isn't good. But I like I, I'm very big into to good sleep and not drinking every night and all of that. But it was as you were saying that that it stifles your creativity. I'm like, I don't know if it's creativity, but my productivity is definitely really high when it comes to writing after a w- glass of wine. Only wine though. Red wine. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> That's funny. Uh what kind of writing are you doing when you when you have one to two glasses of wine? Yeah, it's always like brain dumpy writing. So brain dumping all of my thoughts. It's not when I'm editing or um, trying to add storytelling to it. Um, and yeah. most of the writing I do is more nonfiction than fiction. More like journaling, just like getting everything out. Yeah, but journaling around a specific topic, um, like blog writing yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I am really curious. So something I know that you're, you're big on daily consistency. Um, and something I'm really big on is like, uh, small kind of small habits. And in your, um, in your thing, you mentioned that you led to you, you've run an ultra marathon. You've also finished a degree. You fasted for 10 days, but what caught my eye is small daily practices. How on earth do you go from small daily practices to running over 50K? Can you just like give me a day in the life of Amani when he was like getting his shit together, so to speak? Yeah, I, I love that small daily practices stood out to you because most people, that's not what sticks out, right? They just see like the big end goal, like the, the 50K 
And it's yeah. like the first thing that jumps out of them and they're like, oh, that's crazy. But no, I'm like, tell me the how. Every day, like it's not, it doesn't seem that crazy to me, I think, because I've done it now. Yeah. Um, when COVID hit, one of my roommates was a distance runner and okay. I started running with her and she got me into the habit of running longer distances. And so the 50K, it was really after three years because I did it early this year. Yeah. So it, it was really after like three years of running mm. and just progressively going farther and farther. And then I got there. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the small consistencies. I think when people see goals like that, a lot of the time they try to start too aggressively. And since she introduced me to distance running, I've also introduced a lot of my friends into distance running. And it's very, very common. I did the same thing when I started, but it's very, very common that they start let's say they're doing a, a six mile run and the farthest run they've done before was two miles. Yikes. Yeah. They'll, they'll try to run that six mile run at the same speed that they were running one or two miles and they, they mm. just completely gas out and then they're in pain for the whole rest of the time. And so I, I tell, I always tell them I'll start the pace at the beginning and I, st I started like uncomfortably slow and they'll be like, are we supposed to be going this slow? And I was like, yes, just we're going to start slow, trust, and then we can always push later at the end. Mm. And I feel like people will do the same thing for other goals too. Like they'll try to do too much right out of the gate. And all you need is just a little baby steps at a time. The, the first steps are always the hardest to take. So if you can continually just take, keep taking that first step every day. It, it's going to add up so much better you are so true like that is the you're so right that is the best analogy for pretty much any goal is that we just try to do way too much out the gate and then like gas ourselves out and then we end up burning out you know it's like the whole premise of this podcast get your goals without burning out and that's exactly how you burn out by just trying to do too much too soon and I think we focus a lot on the micros so like, oh, I want to do an ultra marathon within six months rather than focusing on the macro. I'm just going to get better at long distance running and see where it takes me. And then, you know, over time, all of a sudden you can run 50K. Yeah. And get, getting to the 50K, it was, so I, I was using this chi running method while I was training. And it's a book, that, another book that I read, it's called chi running. But the, the author takes concepts from Tai Chi and applies them to your running. And one of the big one, like some of the big lessons he had were you don't always need to time your runs. You should be enjoying your runs. You don't always need to measure your runs. And, you know, you should be running because like it, it brings you joy and, you know, it's a, a good exercise. And it, like that should be a part of it as well. Like it, it is definitely really healthy to give yourself a goal with a time limit because that will also help you stay more accountable. But I think you just need to balance it with why you're doing it in the first place or the bigger picture. Mm. So like I so I saw some friends get into this thing recently that was um, join our program and you can do a handstand in 30 days. And nice. I was like. Yeah. And, you know, they're marketing that to like everybody that will pick it up though. And like, not everyone is going to be able to do a handstand in 30 days. Like, 
is you don't know what their starting point is. It's not realistic, yeah. <laughs> but if you do a little bit at a time, you'll eventually get there. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's good marketing, though, isn't it? Do a handstand in thirty days, even though it's <laughs> there's no asterisks. Unless like you've never done gymnastics before, your body composition yeah. is way more body bottom heavy than top heavy. Like there's, if you think about the handstand itself, there's just so many elements that would go into like, if you can do a handstand in 30 days. And um, I, I just feel like we lean into the marketing a little bit too much because people want a specific result, but it sounds like chi running is really good at kind of saying, hey, yep, those quantifiable metrics are there, but what about the qualitative metrics and the qualitative of the joy, the energy and, and the feelings around it? But um, I don't know why those kind of metrics aren't as marketable to folks. I think yeah, we're getting I there, think though. We're, we're like in a scientific age as well, and people yeah. want things to be measured. They want things to be you know, easy to understand. And then there, it also becomes like easy to market. Right. And so that it just like cascades and it almost dominoes on each other. They, yeah. they just want these easily like understandable results. For sure. No, that makes total sense. I'm curious with the chi running. Um, was there any like breath work involved in that or anything you learned with regards to the breath? Because chi to me feels like, um, well, chi is energy, but I, I don't know. Like, did you learn anything about that? Yeah, breathwork was definitely a big piece of the method. I feel like my breathwork was already pretty good going in yeah. before I started the chi running method. So I didn't spend as much time on his breathing techniques, but he did talk about breathing for a long while. And then it was using the force of gravity to your advantage to pull you into the run. So you do mm -hmm. a lot of forward lean. And then you let your arms and legs almost flap around behind you and counterbalance your forward lean and keep them really loose. Wild. So when you forward lean, are your shoulders in front of your hips? Like, how does that look biomechanically? Yeah. yeah, shoulders in front of your hips and hips in front of your ankles at all times. Interesting. Yeah. I want to see this. You need to send me like a, a video of yeah. you running it. Because I, I, uh, yeah, I can't, I don't think I've ever seen anyone chi running, but obviously it sounds like a great technique and a successful technique. I, I found a lot of success with it. I, I was yeah. running faster. I was enjoying my runs. I was like less tired at the end of my runs. I was recovering faster. You know, he also talks about warm up and cool down quite a bit, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of people skip, but I yeah. started being more disciplined with that and it made a huge difference. Um, but yeah, I think with the forward tilt, it's a little more noticeable depending on how fast you're running. So if you're running at a slower pace, you're not going to be leaning forward that much. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes total sense. Yeah. My biomechanics brain is just going crazy. I'm going to need to read it <laughs> understand it. Like <laughs> it's, it's really great. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love I love hearing, hearing about new methodologies. Something that you're going to find funny is that I used to believe I was allergic to running. I used okay. to, because I would <laughs> cough, because I would cough and it felt like I was going to cough up blood and like, it just felt terrible. And I'm like, but I don't have asthma for anything. And yeah, it was anyways, long story short, I found out I was just running too fast. I didn't know how yeah. to run slowly. 
So the story you were telling me about your friends was so relatable. I just, I wasn't allergic to running. I was just running too fast. Yeah, it's crazy. The stories we tell ourselves sometimes and how much of an impact they have. (laughs) Now that you say that, when I was in high school, I thought I was like genetically just not able to run. Like I thought I was just the worst runner in the world. Really? Yeah. And my mom used to tell me that I had something called, she would call it UBS, U-B-S, U-B-B-S, upper body bulk syndrome. (laughs) So I I was playing water (laughs) polo in high school and we we would do a lot of upper body workouts. So we all had big upper body. And so she would say, your upper body's big, like you're not able to run because you don't have enough legs or, you know, and then I just had the, and then whenever I ran, like we would never run, we were just swimming in the pool. So it was so hard. And I I was just like, yeah, there's just no way I'm ever going to be a runner in my life. But then once I actually started running, you know, you notice that that's not true and you can learn new skills and you can get better. Yes. Isn't it wild? A, the things we tell ourselves, but B, the things that we believe from others. But that is hilarious from your mum. And that is such a mum move as well to be like, my son's perfect. It's not that he skips legs day. (laughs) And I can imagine that being a trend, like people who skip legs day being like, oh, I've just got uh, upper body bulk syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. It's like, no, I think it's the legs day that you're skipping, hun, but all right. Yeah, it was it was funny. I love that. That's awesome. But well done for learning new skills and for running and everything and and stuff like that. I know something else that you're big in it, into is writing things down. Um and you've obviously written a book. So, um can you explain more about I guess more of your um mental practices to help you stay so focused? Yeah, I use a note card method. Um I have some of them here right now. Awesome. <laughs> have you heard of Peter? Have you heard of Peter Atia? No, I have not. Tell me about him. He's a. Oh, there goes the camera. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> One second. I'm just gonna get this reoriented. Nah, you're oh, all boy. good. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This is what editing's for. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Sweet. I think that's gonna stay. Yay! We'll and we we're chatting out. about the that we were chatting about the note card method. Yeah, I I believe Peter Atia is still a practicing medical doctor in the U.S. Um, he has a really great podcast himself, but he was the one that introduced me to this note card method. So he takes three by five cards. Uh, his was a little bit different than what I'm doing now, but I have one for like month of September mm-hmm. and then I'll have one for this week and then one for today. And when I write down the monthly cards, I take everything I'm doing from my like bucket list of goals that I want to do on a lifetime scale. And then I'll write down what I want to do, what I can do that month to help me reach those goals. And then what I can do that week. And then what I can do today to help me bring me to my bucket list goals. So 
Today, I have Move, Meditate, Write, Practice Spanish, 830 Podcast. And the, those are kind of like the highlights that I have for today. And Yay. then I, I'm just going through those every day. And it's they're just like little baby steps. And th those are the daily consistencies that I keep doing. And so then when I'll write out my months, usually I'll take a look at which ones I actually want to focus on or make some real progress on for a while. Mm. So I've had do the splits is a big goal for me. And I, I've been wanting to do that one for a while. And I feel like it's kind of just been in the background and I, I do stretch a little bit more, but I've now set a goal to do the splits by the end of the year. So that's one that I'm doing stretching like twice a day, most days now. That's and it, awesome. it's just like five, 10 minute stretch, you know, twice a day and it, just staying consistent with that. And we'll see how far I get. For sure. No. And I love this notion of having these different cards that are in a place that's obvious of monthly, weekly, and daily. Um, how do you break down like your goals? So they're not as overwhelming on the micro level. So you've got this big goal, like of, of, of being able to do the splits and you've obviously been able to pare that down into, Hey, I'm just going to stretch twice a day, but what's your method for kind of breaking things down and not overwhelming yourself? I think I don't put much um, constraints like on a daily level for how much I want to do. Yeah. So, or yeah, um, <laughs> like I have writing on my daily card. If all I, my whole goal just for that day is to just sit down and open up my manuscript and start typing. Like that's the whole, that that's the entire goal that I have for the day. Okay. And that. whether that type, whether that writing, and sometimes it goes for, you know, five, 10 minutes, and sometimes it'll go for 30 minutes. Mm. And either of those I'm, I'm happy with, but I just want to sit down and like, give it an honest, like wholehearted go just to start. And that I feel like that's how I do it so that I don't feel like I have to sit down and write for like an hour. And then it yes. feels like it's more restrictive on you and you feel like you have less freedom during the day or that that's how I feel overwhelmed is if I don't have like maybe enough freedom during my day or enough time for myself or time to go be social or something like that. So it's just sitting down and doing that. And it's the same thing with stretching. Like I'll just get on the ground and start stretching. And then usually once you start doing one or two stretches, like you're, you're already feeling good and you're going to do more stretches. Yeah, absolutely. I love that your way of doing those, I guess, small daily actions is not putting that added pressure on yourself of having to do a 30 minute stretch session or, or having to write the entire chapter. You set, tell yourself, Hey, I'm just going to open up the laptop. And if I get in flow, great. If I don't, I'll move on to something else. That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah Have you heard I'm of um, Jesse Itzler before? No, I have not. Uh, yeah, sorry. I keep throwing out all these names of you. My little <laughs> yeah. brother was telling me something that he talks about recently about he's also a big guy on daily consistency. Yeah. And he talks about if you do um, a discipline for 18 minutes every day, you'll have 100 hours uh, by the end of the year in that discipline. And that will be more than the top 5% of people mm -hmm. that are in that discipline. 
and like 18 minutes a day that might be about where i average writing every day i i, I would say i certainly exercise more than 18 minutes a day hey holistic fitness fam a quick message from one of our sponsors ned as you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high-energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals, and sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to, uh, to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leith, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. -E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. But it, it's like, that's not a lot of time. 18 minutes no. is a really short amount of time. Yeah. And, and even if, your goal is working out 18 minutes. You could do an 18 minute workout while watching Netflix, while like winding down from the day. If you wanted to, you could do squats and I guess shoulder press and like with, with weighted dumbbells or something like there's, if you're short on time or short on motivation, there's like 18 minutes a day feels very achievable, no matter your circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You're going to have to, um, after this podcast, you're going to have to DM me the name of that, the guy that did the, the, the cards, the monthly and weekly and daily cards. I'm really interested to learn more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you the podcast episode. I've shared it with so many people now, but yeah, that is one that I started doing when I moved to Seattle. So I've been doing these note cards for, I don't know, four years. Wow, that's awesome. And you've obviously yeah. done a fair bit. You've run an ultra marathon, you've finished a degree, you've done a 10-day fast. Like over the course of four years, you've certainly achieved plenty to say, hey, this small daily consistency thing works. Yeah, it, thank you. It's, it's certainly been fruitful. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We're coming up to the end of the kind of time that we have here today, Amani. So I would love for you to create your own question. We've spoken about a lot. We've spoken about running, daily consistency, about your journey. Is there anything that we haven't spoken about in this podcast that you feel as though is really important to share or something you really wanted to chat about? Um, I'll touch on two things. Awesome. The first thing I want to talk about is impact. And I've been paying attention to impact for like more closely recently. I had a client for massage. Um, this was when I was back in the US. And they were talking about how they had moved to the US and their family was back in the Philippines. And they didn't like, they just miss like the island lifestyle. And they weren't really loving where they were and their living situation. And I didn't really suggest anything to them. I was just telling them about some of the traveling that I had been doing and some of the goals I was been working on. And th this was the first time that I ever saw them for a meditation. I saw them the next week. They said, Hey, I booked my flight back to the Philippines. I'm moving back home. Like you've inspired me to just like do what matters in life. And I was like, Wild. Oh my gosh. Like I've, I've met them for maybe less than an hour. And they're already like just willing to go and do something that matters to them and like go be yeah. with their family. And I didn't realize that I was having that level of impact on someone. And I think when you start following your heart and, and doing things that matter to you, like it, it becomes quite contagious and you, you can start it for yourself. But when, when you see other people doing that around you, like definitely hold on to it. Mm, and, and so you know, right. get, get involved with those people, stay accountable with those people. Yeah. And you never know what sort of impact you're making on others as well. Like how your yeah. conversation is impacting others and, and stuff like that. So it's best, like no pressure, but like to try to be the best that you can give yourself grace when you're not, but like speak from the heart and from that place of intuition to um, help others and be cognizant of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing I like to do this kind of at the end of a podcast, if anyone has any goals or challenges that they're working on, feel free to DM me or challenge me or get me involved or just share and have someone to listen or help stay accountable. Awesome. I'd love Actually, to hear from anyone. I always ask before I, I'm going to ask you two other questions after this, but seeing as we're on the subject, I'm sure that a lot of people want to learn more about you, want to learn more about um, how they can get involved with you, see your story a little bit more. So how can people get in touch with you if they um, do want to reach out? Yeah. Instagram is the easiest way to get in touch with me. Um, if you want to hear more of the story, we touched on a little bit of it today, but it is all expanded on in the book. Um, my book is called Pounding Chest, Young Man's Journey from Dealer to Healer. And it's up on Amazon is the easiest way to get it. There's paperback and an ebook. That's awesome. I love that tagline, young man's journey from dealer to healer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you did such a great job at kind of like synopsizing that. I know synopsizing isn't a word, but hey, I'm making it a word. <laughs> And if it works, it works. It works. You know, great. I was, 
I was reading this book recently. It's called The Elements of Style. Have you heard of that? No. Everything that it, you've said, I just haven't heard about today. I need to yeah. get out from under my rock. <laughs> no, I mean, some of them are a little niche that I brought up, but The yeah. Elements of Style, it's like a big book for writers. And it's supposed to be like writing fundamentals and how to write clearly and efficiently. But a lot of it is just teaching proper grammar. And mm. there, there's definitely a few things that I'll take from it. But then there's also a lot of it that I'm just like, I don't want to do that. Like, I kind of want to break <laughs> some rules when I write. <laughs> so Yeah, like, I want to yeah, make up a word called synchronizing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You make up some words and yeah, do things your own way. <laughs> For sure. No, I love that. I probably do need to read it to get better. I do have two final questions. One is extremely serious. I noticed you had a Deathly Hallows tattoo. Um, so what yeah. Harry Potter house are you in? Have you done I'm your Pottermore quiz? Puff. In Hufflepuff, yeah, Heart of Gold. Yeah. Heart yeah. of Gold. Yeah. So we should listen to you. What I unfortunately you? or unfortunately in Slytherin. Ooh, Slytherin. Yeah, great leaders. Yeah, they're they're made <laughs> they're made out to be bad, but yeah, not the whole picture. Yeah, for sure. Every quiz I take, I'm like, really? But I guess I am um strategic. I spend energy on things that um I feel are going to make the biggest impact and benefit the most people. But if I was two, I'd be a slither puff. I feel like my slither puff would be puff. Yeah, slither puff. Because the, the strategy good is word. for good. Yeah, another good new word. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. We do have a final question on the podcast. No, it's not about Harry Potter houses. It's um, it's always like a point of reflection. If your 20-year-old self was sitting across the table from you right now, what one sentence of advice or just one sentence in general would you say to him? I think I would just keep saying the same things that I've been telling myself when I was that age. Like I would tell myself to follow my heart and to not live with regrets. And I feel like I'm still doing that now. Like, yeah, that got me into quite a bit of trouble, but I think I needed to go through a natural process of getting slapped around a little bit and forced to grow up and, and finding my own journey of uh of growth for myself and i think by continuing you know to follow my heart i i was able to do all of that yeah absolutely if you had not been through every step of your journey you would not be where you are today and impacting people in the way you are today so i think that's like a really insightful note and everything that you go through will be happening for a reason and often when you're going through it you don't see it as clearly as yeah. in hindsight but yeah it's there yeah it feels like a personal attack from the universe to begin with and then later you're like oh that's why <laughs> yeah exactly awesome well it's been great to have you on the podcast Amani um thanks so much for joining me and yeah I hope you enjoy the rest of your day thanks Lori absolutely wonderful no to be here yeah, that's awesome. And for everyone listening at home, whether you're in the car, you're doing the groceries, wherever you're listening to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.